Blog Talk Radio. And good afternoon, everyone. Welcome back to the Jets Podcast Review Show on 247sports.com. The New York Jets in week 12, they fall to the New England Patriots by a final of 26 to 13, along with Rick Lachlan, I'm Daniel Feuerstein. Now, Rick, yes, it's another loss. Yes, Josh McCown was under center for this one. Yes, you, you can definitely say they performed uh, a lot better in this game against the Patriots, even though, sadly, excuse me, the final score was 27 to 13. Can't forget that extra point. But once again, Rick, um, Todd Bowles, Questionable calls. Todd Bowles not owning up to the mistakes that he has made uh, for this Jets team when it comes to, if not play calling, decision-making on to accept or not accepting a penalty where if he did not accept the penalty, the Patriots would have been in 4-2. and two. Whether they would have went for it or not, I think they would have at least gone for the field goal, and the Jets would have had a 7-3 lead going into the second half. Excuse me, to the second quarter. I think as Jet fans, we've reached an all-time low. I mean, when you talk about this team has improved week to week, coming off a 41-10 to home loss to the Buffalo Bills before the bye week, the fact that this Jets team lost to a division rival by 14 points – was only able to put up one touchdown at home, and that is in some small way supposed to be a moral victory. I mean, the, this is one of a plethora of reasons of why the Jets need to move on from Todd Bowles. That decision, yeah. <laughs> excuse me, with the with the Jets uh, on third and uh, on third and, and two, two, and the mm-hmm. and the situation where Todd Bowles again elects to accept the penalty and give Tom Brady another opportunity to beat him. In, in, and he does that in a 37-yard pass to Rob Gronkowski. Everybody in the stadium knew that Tom Brady was going to at least get the first down, if not worse. Sure enough, he went to prove everybody uh, correct, got the touchdown. Instead of the Jets leading 7-3 at that point, any momentum they built early in that game just evaporated in an instant, and it was just the latest case of Todd Bowles mismanaging a situation. Look, I understand if you're going against Blake Bortles and you want to, you know, force the issue, maybe push them on the border of field goal range. You are facing Tom Brady, arguably the greatest quarterback of our generation, and Steven Gruskowski, arguably the most accurate kicker in the history of the NFL. So it doesn't matter if the Patriots didn't you bump them back to the 37-yard line. Gruskowski, and knowing his track record, is good from 60 yards. So from in all respects, that decision made absolutely no sense. It essentially handed the Patriots seven points. It killed any momentum the Jets had built early on in that game. And frankly, you know, with this game hanging in the balance, it was 13-all with two minutes left in the third quarter. You felt pretty good about the Jets' effort and the fact that they were going to make this a ball game heading into the fourth quarter. And then when push came to shove and the lights were brightest, it was the biggest moment, this offense just fell flat on its face. And I'm not going to blame it all on Josh McCown. We've seen the same issues with – Sam Darnold at quarterback, but you have a situation where the Jets are near midfield. There's about seven minutes left in the ball game, trailing by two touchdowns, 
and it's a fourth and five situation, and Todd Bowles is punting the football to the New England Patriots. I mean, these are the kind of coaching decisions where fans week in and week out can't continue to deal with it, continue to put up with the same mistakes, and expect different results. It's just not something that Todd Bowles is going to be past this season. You know, Rick, unfortunately, Chris Johnson doesn't see it like this. Chris Johnson is more concerned about Sam Darnold's mental uh, intake to keep Todd Bowles till the end of the year, and then he'll fire him. You know, I've already wrote this last night, 247sports.com. Todd Bowles needs to be fired now. Todd Bowles needs to be relieved of his duties now. You know, I, I don't joke around. I don't make light. I don't try to mess around with a man's livelihood, you know. You know, you want him to go out there and to do the job that he's supposed to do, and he's supposed to have a lot of knowledge about how to get the ship righted. And Todd Bowles continues to prove to everybody, maybe not to himself, and unfortunately that's the one thing that is really going against him right now is his own pride. And I understand, you know, even in the press conference on Monday – uh, at the training facility, you know, he's defending his coordinators. He's defending his his coaching staff, and that's fine. You know, that's what a head coach is supposed to do. He's supposed to defend his coaching staff from some of the mistakes they've made. But at the same time, he's not – he's trying to defend his own actions, and it's just becoming hollow because everybody can see it right now. He is putting pressure on himself, and he's not fulfilling – his own pressure and his own abilities to go out there and make the proper adjustments, to make the proper calls, whether it's helping out with the offensive play calling, helping out with the defensive play calling, uh, see what special teams is doing, what can they do here, what can they do there. And at the same time, he cannot take, he cannot take it upon himself to say, what I did was the wrong call. I should not have accepted the offensive pass interference call. I should have made the Patriots go for it on fourth and two. And you know what? Then everyone would have been like, okay, Todd, great job, you know, great call. You, went, you tried to force the Patriots to go get the first down on a fourth and two. And if they got it, well, you know what, Todd? You ran the risk. Good, that was a good call. Too bad it didn't work the way you wanted it. Or you forced him to a field goal. You know what, Todd? You made the right call. You put him into a field goal position. They converted it. You're up by four. You're still leading by four. And right there and then, the Patriots had the Jets right where they wanted them. I'm convinced that Todd Bowles must have some cheat sheet that's laying around at one Atlantic drive at the Jets training center where he has basically a playbook of what he's going to do in every situation, regardless of opponent. It just shows to me that he has a lack of awareness and ability to adapt to the team that the Jets are facing. As we mentioned with Tom Brady is the most dangerous quarterback, arguably in the history of the NFL and you're hand delivering him another opportunity to beat you. It makes absolutely no sense. And Todd Bowles is post game explanation was that the Jets have faced plenty of third and 12s throughout the season, and he felt very good about their opportunity to stop the opponent because they've done that so far many times this season. But what he's leaving out of the equation is you're facing a prolific offense with a Hall of Fame, a future Hall of Fame quarterback. It, it makes that historically has killed the Jets time in and time out, whether it's at Foxborough, Gillette Stadium, 
or at MetLife Stadium, it doesn't matter the venue, the time, or the place. Tom Brady has always been a thorn in the Jets' side. So when you hand him another opportunity to beat you, uh, you're, of course, going to anger the fan base. And for him to show no remorse or no, not even second-guess that decision tells me that he doesn't study based on an opponent, is that he has a certain template that he follows, which is his coaching philosophy, which is accepting penalties on third and two with a team bordering on field goal range that's supposed to be fourth and two. Instead, it's third and 12 and an offensive pass interference penalty. And then you look at the offensive game plan. I mean, Jeremy Bates is really quickly making himself right behind Todd Bowles, right out that door at one Atlantic drive, just based on his offensive game plan. 15 carries for the game for the Jets running backs, not in the half, not just for Crowell or Elijah McGuire, 15 carries for the game. And they averaged 4.9 yards per rush. They had 74 yards on 15 carries. It's just they showed no ability to stick with the running game. They were in a 13-13 to contest deep into the third quarter. They had the Patriots, frankly, from an offensive standpoint, they the Patriots had eight or nine plays that were over 20-plus yards, but the Jets were hanging tough. They needed to create some positive momentum offensively. And you have Josh McCown, a 40-year-old quarterback, starting his second game of the season. They had him drop back and throw the ball 45 times. I realize that the Patriots' defense is really not a top five, top ten, or even a top 15 unit this year, and they wanted to exploit that secondary. I understand all that. But when you have a rushing attack that is producing almost five yards per carry and you're only handing the ball to your running backs 15 times, three of those rushes were Josh McCown scrambling and making something out of nothing. That to me shows that you don't have a balanced offensive game plan. That's always been the Jets' recipe for success, whether you have Sanchez at quarterback, you have Sam Darnold or Josh McCown. And the fact that it's taken now 11 weeks for Jeremy Bates to still try to figure out the offensive mix and balance that will lead this team to success, that tells me he has absolutely no clue and he should follow, he should literally be joined at the hip with Todd Bowles as they get handed their walking papers and leave Florham Park, New Jersey. I agree. I absolutely agree. You know, Rick, the situation, of course, uh, is not just this game. It's been everything in the almost four completed seasons in the bowles McCagnan era of the New York Jets. Um, there are a good amount of Jet fans that not only want to see Todd Bowles gone, um, I, I think we have to ask this question. Does Mike McCagnan also deserve to be fired at the end of this year? And, and if you're referring to you're referring to McCagnan, yeah, look, the Jets obviously, from a personnel standpoint, are flawed severely. Uh, offense, defense, really the special teams unit. Jason Myers, a 55-yard field goal. You have Andre uh, Roberts, who is doing a fantastic job in the special teams return game. I mean, he had two kickoff returns for 52 yards, a, a long of 35. And he, not in this game, but in the past, has been successful in punt returns, as well as Lachlan Edwards, who probably got the most action of any player on the Jets' side. He had five punts for 222 yards, a 44.4 yard per carry, yard uh, per punt average. Two of those are inside the 20-yard line. So the special team has been a, a real strength for the Jets so far this season. But you look up and down the roster, 
you get, given the injuries, the offense's futility, the, the lack of coach's ability to find the right mix offensively. And Mike McCagnan knew this was going to be a transition year. This was going to be an opportunity for Sam Darnold to develop, to get some repetitions under his belt, to come to that realization that the NFL game was not too big for him. And frankly, after one or two preseason games, it became pretty apparent that Sam Darnold wasn't going to blink when faced with an NFL opponent. And that's really what you wanted to see out of the 2018 season. And this was a team that was not expected to make the playoffs. They, even before the slew of injuries struck the team, they were expected, you know, pundits had them at six, seven, maybe eight wins. Right now they're on pace for about four or five. And frankly, this part of it has to do with Mike McCagnan, but I think that part of his strategy was not to be aggressive this past offseason was to try to find the rookie quarterback, give Todd Bowles an opportunity to prove himself, and then if Bowles didn't work out, he's going to make a coaching change. He has $90-plus million in in cap space to spend to address the offensive line, to perhaps bring some more wide receivers and running backs into the fold and plug a couple holes defensively. So while I'm not pleased with Mike McCagnan and the job he's done as GM other than drafting Sam Darnold, I think the jury is still out. And I'm not going to say one great offseason will save his job, but frankly, if the Jets are able to strike gold, they they bring in three, four, maybe even five free agents that have an impact along with what looks to be now potentially a top five pick, uh, you know, that that could be enough to keep Mike McCagney around. But certainly the way things are going, uh, I'm surprised that Todd Todd Bowles lasts the rest of the season, but he's certainly not going to be around for the NFL draft or free agency. Yep. I know. I know. And I got to tell you, Rick, it's just really frustrating. It's disheartening to watch this Jets team where, okay, you wanted to break down and strip it down to start looking for young talent, which I believe there is solid young talent on this Jets team with no doubt about it. I truly believe there is real talent on this Jets team. We see Chris Herndon doing well at tight end. Robbie Anderson having a sophomore slump. Um, You're seeing uh, some potential players doing well. Jamal Adams, who had probably a monster game, a monster game against Rob Gronkowski. And he even made Gronkowski tap the ball away because Gronk knew that Jamal Adams was in perfect position to pick off that Tom Brady pass in the uh, first quarter. And you knew for, without a doubt, uh, actually I should say the second quarter, but you knew without a doubt, without a doubt, that Tom, uh, that Tom Brady was going to get picked off there by Jamal Adams. And Gronkowski did what he had to do. If he was going to make the play, uh, offensively, he had to make the play defensively against Jamal Adams. So give Jamal Adams a lot of credit. Forced a lot of balls uh, out of Gronk's hands. Almost picked off Gronk. But sadly, um, that's the only thing you can talk about in this game because if it's not for Jamal Adams, then maybe it, it could have been a lot worse for the Jets. I mean, and that was the closest the Jets even came to forcing a turnover in this game. The, Tom Brady was virtually untouched throughout the contest. He was rarely ever under duress. I mean, the Jets had, uh, I believe, just one, maybe two quarterback hits in this game. They had uh, three, actually, quarterback hits. They did not sack Tom Brady. He didn't look to be hurried. He was dropping back with all the time in the world. 
And how many times did you see, whether it was Chris Hogan or Josh Gordon or Julian Edelman, wide open over the middle of the field, Rob Gronkowski? I mean, the list goes on and on. The Jets weren't able to, when they applied pressure, even when they blitzed, they weren't able to get to Tom Brady. So I don't know why Todd Bowles didn't adjust that defensive strategy, especially in that fourth quarter, when you're not getting there with five or six guys anyway. So rush three, drop eight and force Tom Brady to try to find the hole in the zone or force him to beat man coverage with some safety help over the top. And really, aside from Jamal Adams, who's playing fantastic, I mean, at a Pro Bowl level, I don't know if he's going to get any Pro Bowl uh, recognition given how poor the Jets have played so far this season. But he's really the only one that shows a pulse on the defensive side of the ball. He, after the game, had said he's just fed up with the losing, that he, he, he doesn't want to accept this week in and week out. And you know what? You want to hear that more from some of the players. I think a lot of them just resigned to the fact that this is this is how the team is going to perform this year. That they're pretty much destined for four or five wins, and they've essentially mailed it in so far this season. Now, I'm not going to say, look, they played the Patriots tough through about three quarters, and then in the fourth quarter everything got away from them. But this was a defense that this is supposed to be Todd Bowles' specialty. You had Casey Rogers who had the health issue earlier in the year. You made the argument that Todd Bowles actually looked better. The defense looked better when Todd Bowles was calling the shots as opposed to Casey Rogers. But now with Casey Rogers back in the fold, this defense has not been opportunistic. They have not produced pressure up front. The Tremaine Johnson, to me, has been one of the biggest disappointments, not just this year, but I would argue, you know, Vernon Golston would probably be the biggest draft bust the Jets have ever had. But I would argue that Tremaine Johnson, and so far this year, given his contract, given the lofty expectations, he's been one of the biggest disappointments the Jets have signed in free agency that I could ever remember, especially when you look at this Los Angeles Rams team. You thought he was an integral part of that team last year. I mean, this Rams team got even better with him not even in the equation. So clearly, Tremaine Johnson is not that type of impact player that I think the Jets had thought that they had when they signed him away from the Rams. And frankly, again, that falls on Mike McCagnin. I felt like in this game, the Jets had their opportunities offensively. They couldn't come up with the, the right offensive mix. And when we're trying to find the silver lining or the, a moral victory in a 14-point loss, that to me are the warning signs and the red flags that you need a new regime in here, you need a new head coach, and you need some fresh blood in the organization. Because frankly, uh, when you have players that are accepting losing, everybody really accepts uh, Jamal Adams and Josh McCown had voiced that, you know, it quote-unquote sucks to be on this five-game losing streak. When you come to the point where you start accepting losing, that to me is when you need to make a coaching change and make one fast. Yeah, I've got to tell you, it's just been one of those things where th- this whole situation has now really stunk up to high heaven. It- it- it's just terrible to see where the Jets are. And, you know, there's going to be a lot of Jet fans – you know, if you can feel uh, the social media burning up, Rick, in fact, it's going nuclear right now, even as we speak, you know, there's a lot of Jeff fans that feel, uh, I-, I will say the word, they feel ashamed to uh, see this Jets team looking the way they have. And, you know, they, they, uh, they want to see uh, some action from ownership. They want to see Chris Johnson fire Todd Bowles right now. They want to see action, not on the field, but in the front office, you know, to make that ultimate move to fire Todd Bowles and also to fire Mike McCagnin. Um, 
don't know if the McCagnan thing is going to happen. I believe, and this is just my own personal opinion from what I have seen so far from the ownership right now. I don't know if Mike McCagnan will be on the chopping block, but if he is uh, and he goes along with Todd Bowles, then you know what? You know, I, I, uh, I thought McCagnan was the answer to the, to the problems the Jets were having. Uh, unfortunately, Mike McCagnan uh, could be uh, part of the problem, and the solution might have to be to let him go. But we'll see what ownership does. Of course, as we all know, our opinions really don't matter in what ownership does. Ownership needs to see it for themselves, whether uh, Chris Johnson gets advice from Woody all the way from uh, London, England, as the American ambassador for the Donald Trump uh, administration uh, who's running our country right now. But still, though, Rick, um, the New York Jets are really falling backwards, if not regressing on the field, at least regressing in the front office and the coaching staff. And it's the old adage, if you start listening to the fans, you're eventually going to be sitting next to them. And in that regard, if you're looking at that philosophy, it's Christopher Johnson, Woody Johnson, the ownership group, they don't want to have a knee-jerk reaction as angry and as upset and as fed up as Jet fans are, and they want a coaching change and they want it bad. That ownership group has to collectively come together and make the best decision for the Jets because you've reached a point now, it's a boiling point. I, I just posted an article on the 247 Sports Facebook page about bringing back Rex Ryan, how stranger things have happened. My argument is, look, Woody Johnson called firing Rex Ryan the most difficult decision he ever had to make. And the Jets are in really a desperate situation. They're at a dead end as far as the coaching situation is concerned. And bringing back Rex Ryan, I'm not going to say everything was hunky-dory when he was here. He had six seasons, two were the back-to-back AFC championship appearances, both winning seasons. He had two 500 seasons and two sub-500 seasons. So he had a lot of good you had a lot of bad, and you had a lot of really mediocre football. So the the reason I had said that this may be a recipe for success is because when Rex Ryan was here, he didn't have a quarterback in place like Sam Darnold. He had Mark Sanchez, who the organization had high hopes for, that there were warning signs on the, on the wall that he was not going to be ready to play, that he was probably not an NFL-caliber starting quarterback. And despite all of those telltale signs that – Perhaps a quarterback change should be made. They should look to target one in the offseason. Rex stuck to his guns. He was loyal and had an undying loyalty to Sanchez that ended up, in, honest, in all honesty, costing him his job. And they tried to transition to Geno Smith. Geno Smith wasn't the answer anyway. And you now have a situation where you have a franchise quarterback in Sam Darnold. What the Jets could do, and I'm not saying they will, I'm just saying based on what Woody Johnson his close relationship with Rex, the fact that you can make the argument that Rex was, aside from Weeb Eubank, the most successful coach in the history of the franchise. If Woody had an opportunity to bring in a guy like John DiFilippo, who is an offensive guru, and have Rex have him the associate head coach and Rex Ryan the head coach, Rex does not have a reputation for developing quarterbacks. If anything, it's been just the opposite. You saw Sanchez regress under Rex. Uh, you saw Tyrod Taylor in Buffalo when Rex was there, not exactly, uh, you know, start to reach a Pro Bowl level. But if you have a guy on the offensive side of the ball that can handle that side and allow Rex to manage all the other aspects, including the defense, the special teams, and all the motivational stuff that goes into it, I think that could be a recipe for success. But 
again, Jet fans are coming out in droves uh, saying that they just want to get rid of Bowles and they want Rex Ryan back. And I really never would have thought after Rex was fired, I would have thought I saw the day when Jets fans were so desperately clamoring for him to come back. That's how bad things have gotten here under Todd Bowles. You know, I just have to say this. Um, If I was going to choose, in all honesty, if I was going to choose uh, a head coach for this team, and I understand where you're coming from, and I don't think that's a bad choice. I think that's a good choice. But if I'm waiting for the Baltimore Ravens, as well as the University of Michigan, to release or fire uh, a head coach who has probably gone through the motions uh, in their respective areas, I will take either Harbaugh coaches and bring them to the Jets. I think Jim Harbaugh, uh, you know, what he did for Colin Kaepernick before the whole situation happened, uh, after um, they let him go, or after, uh, I should say, after they let Jim Harbaugh go. If Jim Harbaugh comes in here, if Michigan does fire him at the end of the college football season, um, all I can say is, is that I really believe that uh, that would not only make Sam Darnold into a better quarterback, but I think it would at least change the Jets up because you know off both Harbaugh's no offense. I mean, Jim, for goodness sakes, Jim was an NFL quarterback in his day. Look what he did. Uh, with Colin Kaepernick before the whole shenanigans happened. All I can say is is this. But, you know, all I can say is is that, you know, whether it's the gentleman you just talked about, Rick, or one of the Harbaugh brothers, I'll take either one of them as head coach of the Jets for 2019 right now. Yeah, and, and it's all about change. The Jets need a fresh start. They have a new quarterback that can guide this team into a new era of Jets football. You have uh, Todd Bowles, who, of course, inherited Ryan Fitzpatrick as a starting quarterback, Christopher Johnson. And look, you said it. The last thing Jet fans want and the last thing that you and I want is to make a coaching change that's unnecessary. We want continuity. We want to maintain a level of loyalty and patience with a head coach. But now in four seasons, with showing no track record for improvement, failing to develop a rookie quarterback, not holding himself accountable for these boneheaded calls to give Tom Brady multiple opportunities to beat you. I mean, I just don't know when the breaking point comes. If it already has come, maybe it's clear to us, it's clear to fans, the media, everybody except Christopher and Woody Johnson, who ultimately are going to say yay or nay to firing Todd Bowles. So, you know, when they have the opportunity to sit down after the season, which at this point – I would have thought they would make a coaching change already if they're going to do it in season, but clearly that's not the Jets' preference. Is they're going to make a move if they do following the year? But again, there's no guarantee with Jim Harbaugh's situation in Michigan. You know they were ranked number four in the country heading into the Ohio State game. I would find it very hard to believe, based on a one embarrassing performance against the Ohio State Buckeyes, if they released him. Uh, John Filippo is a guy that is an offensive guru. You just don't know how, how he would handle the role as head coach. And there's a, a number of different possible names that could be floated out there. So in my mind, again, I think the Jets fans just want to see that ownership is actually listening to them, that ownership is going to try their best ability to put a better product on the field, because this is coming up. The Jets and, of course, barring some kind of miracle that I don't see, and I think they're probably already mathematically eliminated, if not already, 
the Jets will have not made the playoffs entering next year for eight-plus seasons, which is just a staggering stat. It has to be one of the longest droughts in franchise history. It's actually the longest streak currently in the NFL, aside from the Cleveland Browns. But this is a Jet team that needs to get back on the horse. They have Sam Darnold that can lead them into a playoff run or potentially beyond. But they need that leader and that coach to be able to put him in a position to succeed. And if it's not clear as day that it's not Todd Bowles to ownership and to the front office, I'm not sure what else they need to see in order to make a change to make this fan base happy. I will say this, Rick, and I'm going to lean a little bit to your Rex Ryan article. If Rex Ryan does make a return as the head coach of the New York Jets, and I'm not saying he will, but if it does happen, then he's going to have to not I, – I shouldn't say he should hold back, hold his own reins back. I think back, we may have lost Daniel he, there. No, I'm here. I'm here. No, I'm here. Um, if, if Rex Ryan um, is going to be returning as the head coach of the New York Jets, and I'm not saying he's going to, but if it does happen – uh, he's going to have to hold back his own reins a bit because, you know, and actually it's Rick who dropped out. But um, all I'm saying is, is that if uh, uh, is wrong um, with, uh, you know, if Rex does make a return. But other than that, ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Jets podcast review show on 247sports.com, the New York Jets fall. Again to the New England Patriots by final of 27 to 13. They are now 3 and 8. And yes, I believe they are mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. Join us on Friday, back regular time, as the New York Jets will be on the road down to Music City to take on the Tennessee Titans. For Rick Lachlan, I'm Daniel Foyer. This has been the Jets Podcast Review Show on 247sports.com through blogtalkradio.com. We'll talk to you on Friday. Take care. So long and bye bye for now.